So you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful not to put into money your money into something you don't understand. If you put money into something you don't understand, it's gambling full stop. Mm. You know, and what I would like for people is to be honest about it. That's be very it. honest. Um Hello, welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance related and all things related to finance. It's your boy, Peter, and I'm with my co-host, my bro, Jax. How are you? Yes, yes, Peter. I am all good. I'm very good. A little tired. It's been a very, very hectic start to the year. So much going on with me personally, so much going on within the financial markets. Whilst it's exciting, it's also very tiring, but yes, I'm enjoying it so far. I can imagine, man. I'm the exact opposite to you, man. I'm literally just starting the first day of being on leave from my nine to five. So um, I'm in a bit of a more relaxed state and getting some rest and re-energizes. So I feel your pain, bro, but I'm happy over here, my brother. <laughs> I must say, I am very jealous. <laughs> and I should really take um, a, a leave from your book because um, I think I am in need of some sort of respite. <laughs> I need some sort of uh, break from, from everything that I get up to outside of work and at work and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think um, based on the fact that I'm even just jealous of you, I'm actually going to book at least a week off very soon. I'm happy I inspired that. But now, good to hear from you, bro. And a massive shout out to all of our listeners all over. Keep doing what you're doing with your support. Um, we just encourage you to support us in any way, shape, or form you can. And most likely through spreading uh, the, the news and the conversations through our episodes as well with family members, friends. Um, but Jax, we're going to get straight into it, man, um, in regards to today's episode. And we've titled it gambling versus investing (laughs) (laughs) why did you sound so stressed saying i don't know bro i don't know i think it's one of those you know every now and then i mean we're we've done quite a few episodes but every now and then we have one of those episodes which i'll call almost a triggering episode to sort of shock the system a bit not on purpose but it's needed um you know what i mean yeah absolutely i think it's a very important um discussion area because you know the whole idea of gambling is is slowly feeding into investing or should i say it has been feeding into investing and there is a misconception as to what the difference actually is and so yeah i'm really looking forward to how we can unpick the differences between the two exactly man let's definitely get into that because you know i've definitely heard phrases like oh isn't investing in the stock market gambling um and you hear all sorts of things um so now let's let's just get into it but you know what let's start from the basics jacks and i know we speak about on the episodes but first of all what is investing i'll say investing is very simple um it's a very simple concept is where you exchange money uh for something um with a level of predictability, if that's the word, for a return in the future. So I will kind of rephrase that again, is when you exchange your money for something that has the ability to go up in value or provide you with a cash flow, and you are willing to take a level of risk for that return. Essentially, that is how I define an investment. Brilliant, man. I uh, love it. And then um, very shortly, like, very sure we'll go into a bit more in detail, but in your opinion, what is gambling? Gambling is pure vibes. <laughs> <laughs> 
gambling is essentially um where you exchange your money for something hoping i think that's the key word mm. hoping for some level of return that is quite hard to predict uh, uh yeah i'm definitely hearing that you know we can start some examples and i hope you don't mind me baiting yourself and me out but when we was obviously younger in a long time we're talking teenage years where we probably lived a slightly different lifestyle we used to do all sorts of things so obviously you remember when we used to play money up tracking um pound coins up against the wall whoever gets the closest we will pretty much fight for that out um, and those are I guess you know you're essentially a form of um uh, uh, gambling as well even playing things on um blackjack online slots all of that stuff um there's no science to it you just kind of try and see what happens basically yeah and you know what's really interesting about money up is i genuinely believed i was investing because i thought it was really good <laughs> i thought i had the you know the high uh, sorry the eye and hand coordination to be able to throw the coin closer to the wood than everybody else i genuinely believe i was good at it but i think the results spoke for itself Listen, man, uh, when we was younger, we got any form of return. We were using chicken and chips back in those days. <laughs> My goodness, Peter. We would spend three hours after school uh, behind <laughs> some sort of estate, throwing money up against a wall, and only to win maybe one pound, maybe two pounds. <laughs> You'd be lucky if you made two pounds and you go for the mini writing at KFC. Uh, one pound, you get your four wings. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If only we use those hours for something a bit more productive, right? But, you know, you live and you learn, man. Oh, my gosh. I do think about that sometimes. If I used all that time to uh, maybe read more books and that kind of stuff, I would be in a different person today. But, hey, look, no regrets. No regrets. We, we learned from that experience. Um, I enjoyed the time as well, to be really honest. So, you know, we learn from it. And I guess what we can do also is, you know, to provide what we do with what finance, the younger people, provide them with guidance as to, you know, look, we're not much different from you. We did these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can guide them as they say, hey, trust me, the opportunity cost of spending all that time throwing these pound coins against the wall, for example, is not worth it. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I guess one of the things I actually do whenever, you're right, no regrets, but whenever I do stuff on, you know, from back in the days, um, when I reflect on my life back in the days and anything where I'll probably do differently if I was to live it again. But stuff like that I also reflect on some of the things that I gained from it as well so even just that mentality of um hustling so to speak but how can you channel that into something more positive so I definitely look at things like that as well um so no um absolutely so Jax let's get back onto the the topic of investing let's go a bit deeper what does that actually look like in reality so you said it's about putting money into something and getting a return we obviously talk about this a lot um, but do we do you want to just give a quick example and let's dive into it and when I say dive into it probably with the uh, the topic in mind investing versus gambling essentially yeah yeah I mean um you know the, even the whole time investing even if we're not talking about money you know you understand that investing is basically where you exchange something for something better in return that's essentially what investing is really mm. and so when it comes to exchanging your money you exchange your money for something I'm hoping that as time goes on um, it will yield a return and that could be anything we tend to call these things assets um, assets are things that can grow in value um, and things that can put a return into your pocket. So when it comes to investing in assets and different asset classes, 
you know, we've got, you know, stocks and shares, whereas where essentially you're investing into businesses, public businesses um, that can grow and generate cash flow and can provide you a return through dividends or capital appreciation. You've got other asset classes like real estate that you can rent out a property to tenants and earn an income from that. Or you can uh, sell the property for a higher price in the future. You've got other asset classes like bonds, where you lend money to either corporations or even a government and earn an interest. You've got alternatives such as uh, commodities like gold, silver, oil. Uh, you can even throw cryptocurrencies in there now, where the price of these assets can go up in value over time as well. And then you've got cash, which is also an asset, but mm. it's a very risk-free, what we call it a risk-free asset. Mm. Essentially, what it means is you don't, you don't, you know, you don't um, take a level of risk, but you can earn a return through interest. So yeah, when we talk about investing, we're normally talking about these asset classes where you use your money to buy into these assets, hoping for an income or some sort of capital gain. Brilliant. And, you know, um, thanks for even talking a bit more about what one can invest in the different asset classes, because later on, probably towards the end, I am going to just bring up the point around one of the things you mentioned in the alternatives, which was, of course, crypto. And we obviously hear lots of stories around that. So be good to chop things up and get your thoughts around that. But let's actually focus on the um, the stock market side of things, actually, um, when it comes to investing. Um well, you know, we hear stuff like, oh, and putting my money, I don't want to put my money in the stock market because that's gambling. What's your thoughts around that? <laughs> well, I think a person that says this thing is uh, misinformed, um, but they are not completely wrong because mm. there are some people that use the stock market as a gambling place. Mm. And the reason why, especially the stock market, more so than uh, tangible assets and illiquid assets like property, is because um, with financial assets like stocks, they are liquid which means you can buy today and sell tomorrow. Mm. You can buy today and sell within the next five minutes as long as the markets are opened. And so what people tend to do is they tend to seize the opportunity to buy and sell these assets very quickly in a form of gambling. Mm. Hmm. So that's that's usually the, the, the issue. And, and many people that don't know how the stock market actually works may have witnessed their friends or other people do this and say, hey, I do not want to partake in any of this. I do not want to partake in something that is so volatile, can go up and down. And they may have uh, evidence of people losing money because what you find with a lot of retail investors, or should I say retail gamblers, is they go into the stock market and they lose money. They lose money because they are misinformed. And there I say, they don't invest, they gamble. Mm. And so when someone says, hey, I do not want to go into the stock market because it's gambling, it's usually because they are misinformed or they have evidence of people who are gambling in the stock market. Hmm. Now, um, you know, on that, and also just to even extend on that, Jax, what I've seen is that people that have come into, um, I guess, the investing in the stock market um, proactively, um, they, um, after a few years, they might have lost their money because that's the approach they took. They've taken that sort of gambling approach. And because they've lost their money, they themselves then become, become discouraged from the stock market entirely and they just don't ever want to invest in it again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it, it saddens me because I know a lot of these people are just misinformed or uneducated, mm. unfortunately. And so that's where obviously places like Walt Finance or, or Jack's Financial, for example, come in to say, hey, I, we can teach you and educate you as to what investing actually is mm. so that you can earn a return over a long period of time and see the financial markets as a place to grow your wealth. 
Mm. And just like most of the wealthy people do, there's a reason why the majority of wealthy, wealthy people have their assets in financial markets. You know, it's just about being informed. Yeah, and and I and I think Jacks, one of the things um, that we always talk about in wealth finance is their mentality. So. You know, we've spoken about the fact that people can come in with a gambling mentality when it comes to the stock market. And let's call it what it is. It's about chasing money fast, chasing fast money, essentially trying to get money overnight. And you don't just see in the stock market, you see in other forms. So it may be, for example, some sort of Ponzi scheme or some sort of um, MLM um, or whatever it may be um, out there. But and it's so easy to bring that mentality to the stock market because, as you said, the stock market is quite um, liquid. You can put cash in and get cash straight back out if something goes up or something goes down. So, um, yeah, I guess it'll be good to really understand what does actually gambling look like when it comes to today's version of the stock market or if you look at the past couple of years or so. Yeah, so um, I remember in 2020, um, especially uh, on social media, I was very um, loud and kind of letting people know my views of where my fears were um, with retail investors that have just joined the market. And essentially what my fears were, were they were coming into the financial markets, the stock market, and seeing it go up tremendously, which unfortunately was giving them what we call confirmation bias. Um, and it made them think that's what happens with the stock market. It just goes up. And what better way to make money than to put into something that just always goes up? Mm. Um, that comes with the lack of education and understanding that when you were investing, one of the key um, things you have to have to incorporate when it comes to investing is time. Hmm. Investing comes with time. It is a long-term phenomenon. It is not short-term. In fact, anything that's short-term cannot really be called an investment. And so whenever you invest, we say um, the standard time horizon, which is your time frame for when you should be happy to lock up your money for or how long you're willing to wait for your investment case to manifest should usually be about five years. Mm. Um, coming down to maybe three years, minimum maybe two years. But normally we work in years, not, not months, certainly not days, let alone hours. Yeah, I was about to say even hours is okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and that's that's where my concern is. That's where mm. my concern is. It's the mentality. And it saddens me because um, coming from my background, our background, Peter, of coming from a low-income family and, mm. you know, not having a silver spoon in our mouths, we do, you know, want to make money quite quickly, mm. let's be honest, because we're trying to catch up. Mm. We are trying to catch up. Um, and so we try to find the ways to do that. Some people unfortunately engage in criminal activities. Mm. And then there's some people that try to take the short route by, by gambling, mm. because gambling gives you the avenue to make money very quickly. Mm. Or people engage in things that lack integrity mm. and that kind of stuff. That's the unfortunate thing. But there are ways to generate wealth and we have to learn to change our mentality mm. to know that it takes time. Mm. It takes time and there's different ways. It's not just the stock market. We try to do things like career maximization, mm. owning businesses. It's all about how much value you can really bring to the world mm. and monetizing that. That's what we should be focusing on. But yes, Pierre, you're right. Unfortunately, many people try to catch up. And that's what makes me sad because I know the mentality is not always, um, what's the word? It's, it's not as malicious. Yeah, of course. Um, but it, it is a catch-up thing. And I think we just need to really learn how to change our mindset and get rid of this instant gratification that governs a lot of our lifestyle. Mm. No, absolutely, man. Um, absolutely. And, um, you know, just even on the back of that, as you know, 
and I know um, it's not even just about the stock market, but in in general, you know, we see what are they calling it now? They're calling it is it meme stocks? Um, where yeah, yeah. particular stocks, you know, um, for whatever reason, there's a lot of attention on them, a lot of news going into them. And um, some of the the stocks, when you look at the numbers, um, the businesses from an investing point of uh, perspective can be quite risky to put your money into. But because there's so much attention being pumped into it, uh, the stock, the share price is very volatile. But it's also, let's be honest, exciting at the same time you know, you you get the case of where people can put like a large part of their portfolio um, to those um, particular stocks. Well, what you've just said really explains gambling. Mm. If you're feeling a thrill from, you know, placing your hard-earned money into something that has a higher level of risk, then you're gambling. Mm. You know, that's what gambling actually is. It's entertainment. It's supposed to be entertainment. So if you are getting that thrill, that's a very big clue to say, hey, I'm not investing here. Mm. I'm gambling. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's deep, man. And also what I've actually heard from you is literally if you're putting your money into anything, and, and it's interesting that you mentioned you know, um, how liquid some because because you're not going to be able to do that with property. It's going to take you a little bit more time to get your money in and out when it comes to um, property. But um. Cool. So I guess what would be good, um, Jats, to really touch on when it does come in in terms of investing in businesses, what do you feel is the main difference? Where's the differentiates the difference between investing in towards a business or ETF or whatever it is and actually gambling? That's a brilliant question. Um, I'll start off by saying two people can do exactly the same thing and one could be investing and one could be gambling. Mm, right uh, we can both be buying the same asset but one person is gambling and one person is investing it comes with the ability to assess what you are actually buying um and understand the fundamentals of that thing it also depends on your personal circumstances as well i will also say it depends on your ability to have a level of predictability as to the returns you're going to get. Mm. So what I mean is, if you are putting your money into something and you have no real way of predicting or or some way of predicting the future outcome of this thing, the chances are you're gambling. Mm. Let me give you an idea. When analysts in investment banks and uh, fund houses and that kind of stuff are analyzing a company, they use different uh, valuation techniques and I'll mention some of them in case you've heard of them, like the discounted cash flow model and that kind of stuff. They use these levels of valuation techniques to come up with what we call a fair value mm. of what they believe the asset's price should be. So they have a level of predictability that over time, if things come back to normal or if things um, go the way they should go, the price should at least be equal to what they say is their fair value. For mm. example, if you are not able to, uh, and you don't have to do it like the analysts, mm. but if you can't predict um, an outcome to some degree, the chances are you're gambling. And Jax, how much does the history of that particular, and I know, yes, you know, past performances can't um, indicate the future. We all know that, but how much does the history and the fundamentals of a business play in that prediction? 
Oh, hugely, hugely. Um, you can use the company's uh, past cash flows, the ability to produce cash flow to predict the future to some extent. Remember, it's all about predictability. We can't, you know, we don't have a crystal ball mm. to see what's going to happen. But the company's um, revenues have been growing by 10% year on year for the past five years. I mean, you could predict that maybe the sixth year might be 10% too, mm, <laughs> you know? Mm, mm. Um, if the management team, for example, the CEO has a history of turning around companies from being unprofitable to profitable, you can make a level of predictable outcomes to say he may probably be able to do that with the company you're about to invest in if you're going for a turnaround company so there's clues and there's fundamentals you can draw upon to make a future decision or to make a decision about the future using Mm. the past um, things that have happened that's what you call an investment Hmm. I'm, i'm loving that because also what i'm hearing is that you know when we're investing and we're putting our money into you know well-established businesses and that have you know a a history of doing something history of growing their um, revenue uh, growing their profits however if a company is slightly newer um, and they're not yet generating profit it doesn't necessarily mean we cannot invest in 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 that company and it's gambling if you do but there are just some things it is with of course higher risk but also you also need to look a bit further into that business to be able to see if it's likely that business will start generating profit in time to come exactly and i and i say two people can both invest in this stock that's not profitable this business Mm. is not profitable one person is gambling another person is investing Mm. one person might be investing because he understands that let's say uh, that industry very well so let's Mm. say for example you're investing in a company that is in the food industry right Mm. that's not yet profitable but you have a very very good understanding of how the food industry works Mm. And by analyzing this, this company, you can say, hey, this company is uh, vertically integrated. You know, the, the CEO has 30 years experience in, mm. in the food industry. You can actually make some level of prediction or take a level of risk. I think that's the key word mm. because you're, you are comfortable with um, what the industry is about and you understand it. And you can say, hey, this company can actually execute and do well. There is still a level of speculation involved in that. Mm. There is, and that's a key word. I always say when you put your money into investments, you're always doing one of three things. You're either investing, you're either gambling, or you're speculating. Mm. You know, and I know there is gray areas and, you know, some gambling seems like speculation and speculation seems like investing. And I understand that. But ultimately, if you really sit down, you can really come to a conclusion as to which one you're doing. And so usually what you find is if you're investing in a company that's not yet profitable, um, has been on the stock market for let's say a year or two you might understand the business very well but you may still be speculating and that's fine there is room for a level of speculation in your overall portfolio mm. however you have to be very careful that your whole portfolio does not consist of pure <laughs> speculative stocks <laughs> yeah um yeah because i i only laugh because that's yeah that's that thought scares me it scares you, but it doesn't scare some people um, because unfortunately for some people, they don't know the level of risk they're taking until it backfires. Yeah. And unfortunately, some people, you know, one of the things that really bug me is when someone takes a crazy level of risk, they either speculate or gamble and it pays off 
Mm. And then they come out to show everybody their returns mm. as if they made a great investment. And mm. it's hard because how do you determine whether this person actually made a great investment or mm. if they got lucky? Mm. And then they start creating courses and saying, hey, I'm going to teach you how to trade, etc." You have to be mm. very careful following these people. Mm. And, and, and actually just on that, you know, when, we, when you said that two people can um, put their money in the same assets so to speak or the same stock in this case but one is investing one is gambling i guess the gambling uh side of things could be someone purely just putting their money into it because they heard someone on youtube and um, mentioned that stock yeah yeah and, and i think a big part of gambling is is formal it's, it's mm. driven by formal the fear of missing out um you want to be part of it you know especially if you're someone who doesn't generate a lot of cash flow you want to catch on you know you've seen cryptocurrencies completely burst through the roof over the past decade mm. and you've seen some stocks go completely <laughs> go berserk um over the past couple of years and you want to be a part of that but the unfortunate thing is you don't understand the level of risk mm. that you're taking by putting your hard-earned money into these assets there are some people that will buy in these assets that only generate only you know five percent of their portfolio mm. You know, they, they may have invested in uh, some of these very risky assets, but it forms a much larger portfolio. They may have rental properties. They may have large cap stocks, ETFs, funds that, you know, that actually um, embody the, 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 the core of their portfolio. And they're happy to take a little bit of risk mm. in um, investing or speculating, I would say, in some of these stocks or other asset classes. And guess what? Some of them actually enjoy the game of gambling and they will clearly say to you, mm. I'm just, the key word they use is, this is just a punt. Yeah. They're not really sure if it's going to go well or not, but they don't mind risking a bit of their money. Why? Because they already have a solid portfolio of great assets and investments that they understand. Hmm. And, and you know what? One of the things that you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago is... Um, you know, the fact that people may say it was just a pun and then they got lucky, but a lot of people may not say that. And then, as you say, one of the concerns is around they'll go set up courses and then do things like forex trading and then gain a following, etc. cetera. Um, let, let's talk a bit more about forex trading as well. How, what's your views around that on from an investing slash uh, versus gambling perspective? I mean... <sighs> I know it's a tricky one, isn't it? But it, it, it is tricky because even trading as a standalone, there is a place for it. There mm. is a place for it, but it's very, very uh, small and far between, if that's even a phrase. It's it, most retail investors or individuals should completely stay away. Mm. I remember when I worked for the largest UK investment house, and um, this was about five, six years ago, and... Um, I went to speak to the Forex trader um, who, or dealer. He was the one that was responsible for trading all the currencies in the company. Mm. Or he was the head of the team. And I just, you know, had a lighthearted conversation because I was, even at the time, I was considering it. Mm. And I said, you know, do you, do you trade Forexes or foreign currencies? And he looked at me like, no, <laughs> no way, Jack. So that, that's so unfairly senior in in this company essentially um, said that to you from a personal perspective, from a personal perspective, forex trading, very senior, very intelligent. This is the largest UK investment house. Wow. And the next following statement he gave me was you need deep pockets 
in mm. order to be able to do that. Um, and I remember that, that statement and that confirmed for me that, hey, this is not something that I, well, I, I don't want to do and mm. I'm not ready to do it. That doesn't mean that you can't make money from it. Of course you can, you can make money from almost anything, but you have to be very careful and understand what it really is. If you are actually putting money into something based on charts, based on charts and no real fundamentals, and I know some people claim there's fundamentals, but trust me, I know many forex traders, they really don't care about the fundamentals. Mm. Then you have to be very careful and say, hey, this is not really investing. Don't misuse the term investing. You can say you're playing a game. Mm. You are, you know, trying to outsmart the charts. That's fine. And some people get to, can do it. Just like there are professional gamblers out there. Mm. You can do it. But I would say for the average person, please, 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 please be careful. And, and and thanks for that, Justice. I'll be honest, obviously, with Walk Finance, out of the podcast, our main core work is actually working with young people. And I'll be honest, Jax, like I do speak to a lot of young people that that seems to be like the thing, like the legit way of making money on, on the side, basically. And it's almost like a, dare I say, almost like a cult following where so many uh, young people are getting onto this as well. Well, I can tell you why. Um, I can assure you that the main reason um, young people are attracted to this is because you can make money very quickly, yeah. Peter. Um, just like you can lose money very quickly as well. Yeah, It's just, you know, the winnings are spoken of and advertised mm. much more than the losses. Um, and what you find with a lot of these, for example, policy schemes, because that's what you, they end up being, um, yeah. is what they will do is they will invite you over, you pay a subscription and potentially even give you signals and they'll use all the tactics in the world to make you feel bad about your life and why mm. you should be investing and you can become financially free and all these things that they say to capture people that are actually struggling in life. Um, is you will come on and very, very, very quickly realize you cannot really make money in the long term from uh, training, trading. Some people can, but mm. the chances of you doing it is very, very slim. And so what happens is there's a second avenue of making money from these schemes, mm. which is, guess what? To invite and recruit people into the mm. so-called team. And so when you invite these people into the team, you get a proportion of the subscription that they're paying. And the person that's ahead of you also gets a proportion of that. You know, there's even a, what's the word they call it? Um, there's hierarchy. Mm. There's hierarchy, you know, and to climb up the hierarchy, you need to bring more people in. And so what you find with these schemes is that becomes the main business. Mm. Main business is not trading. They don't make money through trading. The money is made by recruiting more people. And, you can, and the more money, the more people you recruit, the more money you get. Right. Mm. What's sad is actually there's a huge lack of integrity here because the money that you're making is based on people's subscription fee for mm. signals and education, which actually should be the core of the business. But actually, when they realize that that stuff is not fulfilling them, they then pass on the cost to the next person. Mm. And that's how they make money. And it's a consistent circle that goes on and on and on and on and ultimately the person that loses is the last person that joined wow 
Wow. Wow. This is deep, man. This should be not called gambling versus invest. It should be called gambling versus investing exposed. <laughs> well, you no, know, but seriously, I, I man, that's 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 so deep, man. Um just even hearing all of that. And it's 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 true at the end of the day, like rather than the the product or the service of trading is 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 not the thing that is highlighting here. What's really what it really is about is the referrals and build, as you said, it's contributing towards some sort of Ponzi scheme system. Yeah, and and it, and it makes me sad. Um, it makes me sad because um, the education is not there, and mm-hmm. you get really frustrated when you are one of these people who have been uh advertised this thing and usually very aggressively goodness yeah, i've been approached yeah, by yeah. many people and it's very aggressive because well, I, I, as i said it's um, almost i would liken it to a cult mentality people literally get their family members and everything involved in this because they feel like they have to but they do have to because they've yeah. lost money on subscriptions and the only way they can make money back and more is by recruiting more people yeah you know um it makes me sad because you know here I bought finance program, we're all about educating young people. And I find that young people are actually the biggest victims of this. Yes. And that's um, where my concern is, bro. Yeah. And, and you know, there is so much more to learn about financial assets than, you know, gambling on certain securities. There's so much you can learn and so much you can, you know, feed your family with and pa- pass real education on, you know. You don't see wealthy people engage in this. Why? Mm. Why? You know, the next time you go into one of those rooms, look into those rooms and see who, who's actually in there. Mm. See who's actually being targeted. And that should give you an inkling as to, to say something's not right here. Mm. Um, I would encourage people, if you're interested in financial assets, and I think everyone should be, read real books from real people, from the wealthy. Hmm. You know, Peter Lynch, Warren Buffett, you know, all these people that we know are part of the wealthy and actually mm. teach how to invest, you know. And actually, I will also encourage people to take a good look at themselves in the mirror. Now, I understand it's not easy. Look, as I said, I was even interested in it as well. Mm. Because again, from a low-income family, I want to make money quickly too. Of I'm course, catching up. Man. So was I, man. Absolutely. Yeah, trying to catch up. But actually, we should catch up by becoming more valuable as people. Mm. You know, what can you bring to the world? Find, you know, one of the gifts I learned from uh, Dr. Mars Monroe, um, God rest his soul, hmm. was the key thing in life is to find your gift, find your gift and serve it to the world. That's, that's what you, that brings the value in you, you know, and hmm. then you will get rewarded through that by getting paid more. Career yeah. maximize, you know, make sure in your career you do well, open up a business, serve people, scale your business. That's how you actually generate money. And it takes time, it takes effort. Mm. You know, we should avoid the path of least resistance, which we tend to do. We should be able to fight for it because ultimately mm. that's what gets us to the place we want to be. And then when we make the money, we use that money to grow our wealth by investing in assets, good quality assets. Hmm. Deep, man. Deep. And yeah, talking to Miles Monroe, I just finished a book on Kingdom Principles by him. Brilliant book and definitely recommended. But um, no, Jax, man, um, that's so true. And as I said, my, my, my concern is, you know, with the youth as well. I think 
you know, when I think of myself, like um, when I was younger, so it was about, oh, how can I make money? Obviously, I do uh, legit, uh, right? But how can I make it do my little side hustles, just doing my thing, you know? No one's really knowing what I'm doing, but I'm doing my thing. I'm getting my money up. So that's how you get enticed. It, uh, you get enticed by some of these things. And if there's not education out there or even podcasts like this to provide balance, because if you go on YouTube, there's so many people... Um, on youtube yes come a day trader make this amount blah 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 in 10 days or whatever but there needs to be balance to that debate so to speak so when you don't hear enough of that it's so easy to get enticed me there's there's uh this is advert that comes on youtube but you know i watch a lot of finance youtubers um and honestly it makes me sick (laughs) i'm not gonna expose exactly where it is but Hmm. essentially the first thing he says is oh i'm at the spa I've just finished the trading day. Mad. And I recognize very quickly the, the tactic. You know, you're gonna, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're trying to entice people to live this lifestyle that's very hard to get to. Yeah. Just wake up and say, I'm, I'm at the spot and I'm not working. You know, the mm. path of peace resistance, you feel like it's so easy to do. Life mm. doesn't work that way. That's it. You have to put the work in. That's you have it. To put the hours in, you know. That's so it. I, I, it really annoys me to see stuff like that. But it, as you said, there is a lack of balance. And that's why. You know, here at World Fund, if we try to bring some balance, you know, we, a level of integrity into what we do. Mm, no, brilliant, man. Thank you so much for that, Jax, man. Um, you know what? There is one thing that I do, so I'm going to touch on at the beginning of this episode. Um, and it may fall in, as you said, in terms of the asset class around alternatives. So thinking of this sort of mentality, as we know in the past, what, what three to five years, maybe, or maybe three years, however long it's been, we've got the rise of the phenomenon, which is cryptocurrency. Um I, I, I don't think I need to a, say any more, but yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Well, there's another one called NFTs now as well. Oh, oh gosh, man. that is the one that is um, out there right now. I mean, yeah, I think my, my initial thoughts is, you know, what's funny is that um, whenever that comes my way, if I actually ask them what's an NFT or cryptocurrency, after about maybe three sentences, the usual spill, the first paragraph you might see on Wikipedia, the conversation kind of stops there if you ask more questions, which I always find funny. But yeah, what's your thoughts on all of this? Bro? I, I've, I've had to mute my mic because I'm laughing, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, look, I explained different asset classes. So this thing here, whether it's cryptocurrencies or NFTs, it's, 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 it can be an asset. So... You know, I don't want listeners to think we have something against them as an asset class in itself. Mm. But what we do have a problem with is people so-called investing in things they don't really understand. Um, never part, or in my opinion, you should never part with your money to something you don't understand. Mm. Um, and so, yes, when it comes to um, alternative asset classes like cryptocurrencies and NFTs and other things, they're usually more highly risky, more highly risk or higher risk. Um, an important thing is for people to understand what that actually means. And again, this is the issue. When you are putting your money to something that's highly risky and it goes up, everyone f- seems to know what they're talking about. Mm. Everyone is excited. Everybody is a genius. And what you don't realize is the whole idea of risk in investing is that when things go well, the risky assets do very well. 
<laughs> and yeah. when things go bad, the risk assessment is very bad. And and, and Jack, that also um, aligns with the amount of conversations that happen around these assets. So when oh, Bitcoin yeah. is high, uh, I've been in places where people are saying, put your money in Bitcoin. When it's oh. low, it's silent. It's like bit, the word Bitcoin doesn't exist. Listen, when I heard people that have never spoken to me about assets before, and they know <laughs> I'm into assets, they know I, I work in financial services and I love the yeah. whole investment world. They have never shown any interest <laughs> In any financial asset, and then they say, Jax. <laughs> <laughs> at that moment, I know something's wrong. Is at that moment I say, Hey, uh, this is this is scary. Um, yeah. so you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful not to put into money your money into something you don't understand. If you put money into something you don't understand, it's gambling full stop. Mm. You know, and what I would like for people is to be honest about it. That's be very it. honest. Um, to be very honest and say, hey, look, I'm gambling here. I'm taking a punt. I don't really know whether this will go up or down or sideways. But guess what? It's gone up for the past X, Y, Z years. I think it's going to continue going up and I'm taking a punt. I prefer the honesty. I agree. With that. Yeah. Rather than trying to explain something that you clearly don't understand. The next thing is I would want you to understand it. Mm. Learn about it. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with cryptocurrencies. In fact, I wouldn't mind, if I was thinking about it this year, to start building a portfolio of potential cryptocurrencies to form part of my overall portfolio. Mm. But like I say, as an investor, I want the majority of my money to be in assets I think are, are going to be stable and do well for me in the long term. And then you can, you know, 5% of your portfolio can go into more riskier, speculative assets. But I would want to understand them first. Mm. When I say understand them, understand them to a good level. If you can't explain to a seven-year-old what this asset is, the chances are you do not know what it is and you're gambling. Mm. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think what you the the key thing you said is just honesty and being honest with yourself. As I said, I've been in conversations where people have said, and I keep using Bitcoin because that's the most famous one, I guess. But people have said Bitcoin is going to go to one million. They won't say when, but Bitcoin's Bitcoin's going to go to one million pound. My thing is, how do it may very well do, yeah, but how do you know that? It's 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 it's, it's very confusing when when people so, say stuff like that. Yeah, and and so my thing is, it's okay to say I'm taking a punt, and I am from that punt. I believe it might go to one million, but to say it confidently, as if someone else should then put their money into it, that's where I have an issue. I just if if someone says uh, the price of a stock is going to a certain amount i can ask i can ask them based on what they can show me potential uh future projections mm. they can show me for example the industry's total addressable market mm. and all these things that can give me at least a clue to say you know what you might not be right but i understand your thinking with with uh, a lot of the cryptocurrencies a lot of it is pure vibes there's no no one has been able yet to explain to me how they get to their numbers mm. and Maybe not Bitcoin, but I hear a lot of other cryptocurrencies like Dogecoin and these things mm, mm. that actually don't really have a real fundamental value. Mm. It's, 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 it's quite, yeah, I find it really interesting. But I also understand, you know, why a lot of retail investors are interested in these things. Because ultimately, you know, we want to make money very quickly. Yeah. Um, and why not do it through the most riskiest assets, even though, if the, un- even though the underlying thing might not have any value? 
Mm. And I'm always, always wondering why is it one million? Why is it not? Uh, it's going to go to eight hundred thousand or or two point two million. It's always that number one million, but that's always uh, funny when I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I when it comes to um, let's say Bitcoin, let's use Bitcoin because it's the it's the it's the daddy, isn't it? Mm. Um, I understand. I understand its attraction in terms of its actual. Um, as an asset in the terms that it's not controlled by the central government, central bank, sorry. Um, and it, it has a level of value as long as people are willing to use it as a medium of exchange, which is what money actually is, then it has value. But what that value is, I couldn't tell you. Mm. I couldn't, if Bitcoin was to drop from 30,000 pounds, this use pounds to 5,000 pounds, can I say it's undervalued? I, I, I can't, I, I don't know how I can, I can say that. You know, so it's, it's very, for me personally, I'm not educated enough in that space to part with a big part of my money to something like that. But as I say, it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with having it as part of your overall portfolio if you understand what it actually is and the risks attached to it. Fantastic. Absolutely. And in agreement, bro. Nah, man, uh, this has been a good one, man. Um, anything else on your mind in this whole area of, um, I guess, gambling and investing and um, versus investing? Yeah, I think the key thing, um, if any of our listeners want to know, I know sometimes it's difficult and I said it's, it's can be quite grey between gambling, investing and sometimes even speculating. I would say just really assess the risks attached to what you're putting your money in. Um, ask yourself if you actually understand uh, what you're actually buying or investing in um, and ask yourself what have you actually exchanged your money for right so if you're investing in property you're exchanging your money for a tangible asset you can see the property you can feel it you know that kind of stuff if you are investing in stocks you know you become a part owner of that company so what you're really doing is you're exchanging your money for for shares right so you become a part owner of that business so you can ask this question, what am I really exchanging my money for? And then that thing that I'm exchanging my money for, can I determine its actual value? Or, you know, what can cause the value to go up or down? And can it generate, for example, an income for me? Hmm. That's how you determine whether you're investing or, or if you're gambling and also your knowledge base. That's, that's very, very important. But um, I would encourage our listeners to, you know, just be very honest with themselves. This is not something you have to discuss with with people when you're making your decisions, but just be true to yourself. Um, they say, hey, am I investing or am I gambling? Of course, I want finance. We can't, we can't give you financial advice. We don't. We don't give you financial advice. We, you know, we can't tell you what to do. Um, all we can do is provide you with our opinions, just our opinions. Um, and we try to provide some education and guidance as well. But ultimately, before you make your own decisions as to what assets you're going to buy and that kind of stuff, Make sure you do your own due diligence, speak to financial advisors, speak to your tax man, all that kind of stuff before you make your own decision. Brilliant, man. Excellent. Thank you so much for that, Jax. Um, hopefully for our listeners, it's been an eye-opening one and hopefully an episode where, you know, you can continue the conversation with someone else. If you think, if you have that someone, we spoke about a few things, actually, whether it's different types of investing behaviors and different assets so to speak if you have that someone who is in one of what i call a cult or something and you want to share this episode um you know you really, feel free to share you really want to trigger people you, you you enjoy triggering people 
Listen, it's one of those episodes. It's one of those days, man. I'm in that mood, man. Every now and then we got to shut the system. But no, seriously, if you want to share with someone, someone that you'd be meaning to say everything we've said to you, but you just can't stomach to all day, they're just not going to listen to you uh, because you know how it is, especially when someone's close to us. Sometimes it's harder for them to listen. Um, feel free to forward it all, um, or just for general um, education and conversation, man. Feel free to do what you normally do, listeners. Um, but now, Jax, we do give a shout out on every episode to places where we get new listeners um, or even just the growth in listeners. And we've actually got a new area. You know, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, but such is life. Maybe if you are listening, those listeners, you can email us or do something, get in touch with us so you can help us to pronounce some of these areas. But this, Jax, is a town called (laughs) Burp. Burpengary, it's which is a town in uh, Queensland, Australia. So that's Burpengary. <laughs> no, I, I don't actually recognize uh, the town, <clears throat> but um, I'm very sure you have not pronounced that properly. <laughs> but um, yes, guys, if you are listening to the episode, maybe you can let us know exactly how we can pronounce your city properly. Welcome to World Finance. I hope you're enjoying our conversations. I hope you're gaining tons of value. Um, and yeah, and if you are interested in potentially even joining our community, you can join our, our Patreon where, you know, just for, I think about three pounds a month minimum, I believe it is, Peter. And join our community where we can continue these conversations um, offline um, and take uh, the journey with you uh, through the personal finance journey. Absolutely, man. A massive shout out to our listeners over in Aussie. Um, and no, um, to all of our listeners um, across the globe as well, really do appreciate you. Please keep doing what you are doing. Jax, it's been a pleasure, man. On to the next episode. And remember all, stay woke.